What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and we've got a sweet episode six for you all today. We're talking with Frank Falvo. He's a pharmacist, cannabis advocate, and consultant. Find out more at libracannabisconsulting.webador.com and enjoy the show. Welcome, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It, it's um, it, it's an honor to be included with. Uh, I've I, I listened to the uh, past podcasts you've done, and to be included with that group of people is a, is an honor. And, and thank you for having me. Hey, definitely. I think we're really looking for those different perspectives and different angles on the cannabis industry that that really everyone's been helping move along, and maybe sometimes you know on the sides or under the radar. Um, how long have you been involved in New York's cannabis industry? Or if you'd like, maybe give us a little history of your time as a pharmacist and then how that bled into the cannabis realm. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've, I've been a pharmacist for 30 years and been in the medical cannabis in New York for just over two years. Um, I don't know if you know, it's the, every state is crazy with the cannabis right now in New York. There's... Rec is on, right? Yeah, but you know what? We have four dispensaries. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Two million people. And we have four rec dispensaries and maybe 40 or so um, medical dispensaries, but you still have to have a card for that. So that's 18 million people. And that's all we've got. So, so it's kind of a little stutter start exactly. uh, as far as the rec program. They'll be rolling out soon. But um, yeah, I've been in the cannabis, but I've used cannabis daily for the past 43 years. So, okay, so well before even becoming a pharmacist. Yeah, you don't get a piece of paper for that. Well before I was a pharmacist, um, you know, that, that uh, I think that counts as something anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, daily consumption at any particular time or just kind of as needed? As needed. Um, you know, you get – things change over the years though. Um, but, right, as life evolves. Right, right, and um, then then so do the strains, which is a wonderful thing too. Um, yeah, keeping it interesting for us, right? By adding it. new options or yeah. stressing different terpenes. Like the, the terpenes, I'm really <clears throat> excuse me, big on terpenes. It's um, they're going to be the next big thing on medicine. If you've um, if you've talked to anybody about those recently, um, yeah. Know. For for New York State, is it still very much THC based? Uh, yes, it is. Or maybe even cultivar-based, certain names. Yeah, so I, I've, I've, you know, I have friends in Connecticut that um, go to the medical dispensaries there, and they list you know, CBD, CBGA, C, the, the terpenes, and we don't, we don't get that on our labels here. I would love to, have more, to see more of that. It really makes a big difference. Um, oh, definitely. Educated I, that it's not just THC, and, you know, and most people listening to this know that already, I think. Right, that it's really the entourage effect of all of these things, exactly. not one specific chemical that's just yeah. causing yeah. all of the feeling or all of the uh, effects. That's your dog? Uh, I think we might have seen a cat. Yeah. On the terpene front, man, here in Vegas, the, 
the labs and, and operations are required to list the top three Terps yeah. on the label. So really you can shop by that and find some really nuanced products. You could find something that's terpeniline dominant and experience, you know, a really fresh, like hazy kind of smoke with a cerebral high, or you can find caryophyllene myrcene dominant and be slept down a little bit more into the couch. Yes, and it's amazing with the terpenes do. You can add certain terpenes to antibiotics and they're no longer, the bacteria are no longer resistant to that antibiotic. You know, just oh, wow. That, they're, well, so you, actually, they can treat anything from cancer to head lice. Because terpenes are in all foods, all. anything we smell yeah. or consume. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Yeah. And from a little bit of research, I, I know that Cannabis has some unique terpenes, but many of them are everywhere else. That's why we can kind of find some of those similarities in the smells and in the in the notes. Yep, and, and in the benefits too that uh, people don't realize. I think a lot of education needs to be done on that too. But, uh... Oh yeah, there's a kind of a black hole of science that still needs to be done to to work out the the details and there. We're still dealing with stigma. On every, on every every turn, everything is pretty much comes back to the stigma. These yeah. And, um, uh, you know, people don't believe in it. You don't have to believe in it. There's science behind it, but it's, 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 uh, stigma really hurts still. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, starts everybody or starts the conversation a leg down. Um, having to surpass that first is, is the, the greater, I guess, like pharmacological perspective still, following that stigma or still kind of discrediting the cannabis conversation or has legalization started to shift things a little? Oh, it's definitely started to shift things, we, we, which is great to see it a lot more mainstream. Um, magazines, by um, which I should be getting in the mail. Like I'm going to, can't wait to get Fat Nugs magazine in the mail. Hey, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Good to have it on paper. But just Shout like, out to Fat Nugs here. Yeah, just, just, main, just mainstream things like that is, is great to see. And, um, so I also have a medical card in New York. So I, I talk to my doctor about, I, but he, you know, he gives me the card. I have to teach him about it. <laughs> right. So he's signing the dotted line and you're giving some little notes of wisdom. <laughs> on, on, uh, on everything from the cannabinoids to, well, which brings us to the endocannabinoid system. Yeah. How, um, I guess, could you give us a really truncated Yes. Summary of the cannabinoid system or of its impacts for us all? Yeah. So, first of all, it was discovered in the 90s. and um, with, Isn't that crazy that we're still discovering stuff about the human body in the 90s? Yeah, because the stigma prevents them from doing anything with it. And then, you know, once I heard about it, you know, I got, I got pissed a little bit. So, are you kidding me? All, for 40, you know, all these years, I'm smoking weed. I know it's doing something good. But you're telling me that there's something wrong with me. And now you're pissing me off that you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> yeah, this whole time we've had natural receptors. And yes, which is um, there, there are receptors throughout the whole body for cannabinoids. But endocannabinoid means that your body actually makes, makes molecules that, are, that, act like, that act like the molecules in cannabis. They're, we make our own. So there are molecules floating around our body that are just like cannabis that help right. us deal with so many different, that, so it, and it re, it's the regulatory system for every other system in the body. And you're wondering why something that huge, that something that huge we're not talking about. 
it seems, uh, it does seem odd, right? Especially with the impacts that the cannabinoid system can have when we're talking about other systems of the body, right? The respiratory system, the endocrine system, to think that one other systems kind of puppeteering those. And that's the exact, that's exactly what they're, they're down here playing with the, the modern medicine, which I, I, I hate that I, it makes it sound superior, but it's not. I've been, so I've been a pharmacist for a long time and the modern medicine is really, uh, you know, just adding more pills and adding more pills is really not the answer. They're down. And like we were saying, they're down here trying to, they're playing with all this down here, but there's the endocannabinoid system up here controlling it all and they're ignoring it. Right, right. So even some uh, some other thoughts or perspectives on the human body could be reassessed or kind of re-looked at now with the cannabinoid system knowledge and that awareness. It, huh? it, it should change everything. They should be teaching it everywhere, <laughs> which we're starting to see that in, in some of the colleges. We're starting to see that in the colleges. Yes, so. thankfully, I've seen some folks announce that, you know, they have cannabis programs now, business, cannabis business programs business. or cultivation. Um, that, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Dude, I went to college at the wrong time. I was in Kansas. Oh. I was in Kansas at K-State. I uh, finished up there around 2012, which is really like their, the cannabis industry was only in Colorado and California. Yeah. And I wanted nothing else but to study that and actually wrote a paper on Alzheimer's and the way cannabinoids can help to prevent those plaques from binding further. And I met a lot of resistance that now I just, when I see that colleges are teaching it, um, I feel old, maybe for the first time, <laughs> because now it's like, wow, in my, in my day, you know, 10 years ago, that wasn't even heard of. And now folks can just study it and, you know, get full degrees for the plant. Uh, it's, it's pretty wild. And, and, and that's another sad thing about being in the fire. You're, you're seeing these people on all these meds, Alzheimer meds that you know are really not going to help them. And they should be trying at least CBDs and CBGs at least. Trying something a little, a little more natural, perhaps, or at least. Doctor needs education on this. It, it could. I mean, and interviewing some of the people that do try it. From so, I have dispensed from the dispensary. Um, it makes their minds and bodies feel young again. It's it's. That it's, sums it up right there. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There. There was a guy that I was working with at a software company who was definitely not a consumer. Like very much not a consumer at all, but had horrible arthritis in his elbows and his wrists. So he started using a topical. And after a few weeks, he had very similar statements. He didn't have much to say about it, but he said that basically his elbows feel like they were 15 years younger at that point. And it's just kind of crazy to hear those kind of statements when people have been in pain or dealing with something that they thought may be lifelong. But there's a, even if it's a slight reprieve, right? We're not saying it cures anything, but it can help with some of that pain management or inflation because inflammation medicine is looking at it all wrong. It's it's putting things back in balance, everything from psoriasis to the, to pain to so many, so many things. There's a list this long of what it can help with. Yeah. Well, and don't forget about the, the old government patent on the, you know about that, right? Early on, right, they had a bunch of medicines that were cannabis-based. Yes. Um, like in the, this would have been late 1800s maybe or early 19. Oh, no, but no, no. In the, the government has a patent since the 1990s on cannab- cannabinoid medicines. Ah, is that the, um, the, pharma- the pharmaceutically derived cannabis, like yes. cannabis? 
No, but I forgot what it was called. The U.S. government. They own a patent. I see. And um, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. It's, I think it's from 1996 or something like that. Yeah, it's, it starts with a six. Are you looking that up? Yeah, I was going to see if I could figure out yeah. which one it was. U.S. government cannabis patent. It's right. Like number six, I think, or something like that. Yeah, patent number 6630507. U.S. Go. government's cannabis patent. And you, and then again, so they've got that. They're telling us that it has no medicinal value. Well, my cat and my dog are in here. This should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they're telling us it has no medicinal value. It's worse than heroin. And they're putting people in jail for it while they have a patent on it. Yeah, it gets back into that early, the DEA kind of um, investigation and everybody digging into it, the war on drugs. Yeah, if you can see within the, the conditions they list that it helps on that patent. It's all, so they even list the conditions on the patent. You, it, they list the conditions that it helps with. Wow, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. Yeah, it's it. So, and again, again they... We need to teach everybody why it became illegal in the first place. What a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's there's needs for education and kind of across every uh Yeah. Like every realm then of cannabis. But yeah, that the really early the stigma a lot. It should never, never have been illegal. Never. That really set us back, uh <laughs> as a kind of as a cannabis society or community oh, there. Set and, us back terribly because and you know, well, it's funny being in the pharmacy that People born in the 30s are on far less prescription meds than people born in the later decades. Is that a coincidence? Mm. Is that that's when they started taking it out of all the like the chicken feeds and stuff and everything? Right? You know, there's, ah, right. there's something I just I recently noticed. I never noticed that before. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's there might be something to that. Yeah, I, yeah, and I wonder if it plays into the food, like increased, you know, processed foods, easily yeah, available yeah, food. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. That yeah, that's that's a whole nother episode for us to go into the nutritional okay. side. We'll let <laughs> we'll leave the advocates to that. Back to the terpenes again. So <laughs> yeah, definitely on the on the pharmaceutical cool. side, man. I was I was actually working in a pharmacy for a little while, and initially oh, I was cool. thinking about becoming a pharmacist in my college days. Wow. Um, many a CVS hour spent uh, serving people's pills and looking up their insurance information and getting yeah. into that side of the that side of the world. And it definitely is, um, like, it's definitely helpful, right? You can't say pharma pharmaceuticals yeah, are not valuable. Without it, but there's, it's way overdone. Right, right. Oh, being overdone and maybe having natural alternatives before those uh, longer-term or kind of heavier impact medicines. And the longer I'm in pharmacy, the more I'm seeing that this really, it doesn't belong in your body. If there's side effects, then it really doesn't belong in your body, that long list at the end of the commercial means, yeah. hey, this stuff maybe shouldn't be consumed by humans. No, or should even be like, you know, people shouldn't be wanting it either. And that's a, everybody wants a pill or a shot or something. Yeah, that's hard too, because it's playing with the human psychology and yep. like the ability to do quick fixes or have some control over maybe some situations that you sometimes don't directly control, right? If it's a long-term health thing or something you're trying to mitigate. Yep. But I, I don't think they would have, a lot of people wouldn't have gotten that far if they would have put things back in balance in the first place with plants. Um, right. It's again, stayed along that. It's like you said, it's a whole other episode back all the processed foods and, and not, not enough moving around. And, you know, kind of adds up and adds up. 
and having the pharmaceuticals live in sedentary lifestyle, it just, yes, uh, just, just it's like one domino after the next. Right, right. Saying, we actually have somebody that's actually on over 40 active prescriptions, and that shouldn't, I, I don't think that's, obviously, the, they're not working if you have to be on that many. Yeah, wow. It's something to keep every system going or every yeah. bodily function and rocking. If, if there was cannabis involved, that would change a lot of that. Yeah, helping to lift some of that. Both people off, off their medicines by using just CBDs and CBGs and some some you know low amount of THC. Hmm. Oh wow! So you've seen some people able to make that jump yeah. if they're if yeah. they're treating kind of minor ailments or yeah. maybe like, using a pharmaceutical as a crutch a little bit anti, for lack of better words. Like antidepressants and things like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, from um, on the on the pharmacy side of the bench, are there any? pharmaceutical interactions that cannabis can like well, inhibit yeah. or induct? I think it, it could make some things stronger. You need to be careful with blood thinners. Uh, that they're, they're, you know, just the, the few that are out there. There's not a lot. Um, Eloquist or morphine, there's, but you've got to be careful with those. Um, it does metabolize other drugs a little bit more or less. But um, one thing that people don't realize, CBD can make glaucoma worse. Oh, interesting. So THC can help it, but CBD can make it worse. So that's yeah, a, that that is an interesting distinction there. That and something to be aware of too, as sometimes CBD can be blanketed as the catch-all. Yeah, like the, no harm whatsoever, but um, right. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but very you know. So it can it messes with the eye pressure, or yeah. I yeah. see. Yes. Oh wow. And what about like the sedative effects of cannabis? Are are there any concerns with other medicines that may have sedation, like opioids and it, it, such, it along with cannabis? Add to that, and it all depends on. Boy, it all depends on the person. How on that biochemical right um, uh, canvas? <laughs> right, I, I you know I'm I smoke all day and not, I'm still run a five k. Right, like we could have this same conversation smoking. Where with other folks, I think if you started the smoking, it's kind of might get real silent on one side of the mic, yeah. or uh, yeah. Yeah. it might get real weird on another side. Oh, okay, sorry. Maybe we got to get up and move around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You mentioned you're running. Um, I'm, I think one of the previous interviews yeah. I listened to with you. Could could you give us a little info about that and your your running practice? Well, yeah, well, you know what? I I haven't run since probably October because it's too freaking cold here. Oh man, I can't, I can't completely, I don't have an excuse, but I have not been running because it's cold in Vegas and it's a, it's a different kind of cold, but. (laughs) So I'm looking at, you know, I can look out there. There's still, we got a foot of snow the other day and uh, there's a lot of it to melt still, but I I can't run in the cold. It hurts too much. Once it warms up, I'll, I'll run. But you know, again, smoking for 40, smoking for 43 years and I can still go out and run a 5k. No problem at all. You know, I'd, I'd like to get out more often, you know, a couple, two, three times a week is about it. But, um, and I've done, uh, I've done a 15K before. Ooh, man, that is a serious amount of running. I, yeah. I started running maybe two years ago now. Uh, my wife was kind of getting me into it and I had to start doing little bursts, yeah. little run, then walk, run, then walk. That's okay. That's all right. We got up to the 5Ks and I've done, I think four or five Ks now. Yeah. Yep. I'd like to try 10K next, but still anything over 10 starts to feel like, yeah. okay, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is a mountain. 45 minutes to do that. It was uh, one of those, it was one of the local 
Uh, it was a they called it Stockade-a-thon. We've got a part of our city here that's been untouched since the mid 1700s. A whole section of our city, and we and the race runs through that, which is pretty oh, cool. what a cool scenery yeah. for a run. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool, and it's around the Mohawk River. If uh, you know, we're up way up that way. That's a it's a very um, like New York local kind of run, huh? Yes, bringing some of that culture and history. Yeah. yeah, the closest thing I have to that is here in Nevada. There is a 5K and a 51K that happens on the extraterrestrial highway that goes through oh, Area 51. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. I went up there and ran it, and it's the race starts at midnight, and I just did the little 5K version. But man, was it it kind of crazy to run down that highway in the dark, uh, just yeah. with the stars and mountains. Wow. <laughs> wow. So the you, you'd think that running though, or physical exertion, would have some kind of um, connections, right, to the con- cannabis consumption. Yes, it does. And, it, has, it has a lot to do with it. Um, is it a diet? Um, is it uh, it's called dilation. Is it helping with that in the lungs or helping to? Yes, it, it does. It's some certain, it, it actually does help with lung capacity, with lung dilation, right? Expanding um, and helping you breathe a little more. The, the anti-inflammatory um, helps me run a little bit longer. And oh, kind of keep some of the yeah. joint pain and that kind of thing at bay. And it helps, and the THC helps me focus. So it makes for such a nice run for me. I didn't think about that. Just focusing on the run too, focusing on your breathing or your footwork. Love to and and music. Um, I'm, I listen to. I don't even watch TV. I, I'm, I <laughs> music's your go-to if you need a, a little bit of spot of entertainment yeah, or anything. I don't even watch TV. I just put music on every night. That's excellent. What are there? Are there any genres of music that you're oh boy into right now, or what, what's the most recent on your track list? How about Sunreal? You ever heard of Sunreal? Oh, oh, I'm going to show my lack of, of music right. industry knowledge. Yep. I'm adding them to the list. Actually, <laughs> and then there's Little Stranger. Okay, all right. So these are, so actually, so, you know, are you going to Nikan in Boston? Not this year, no. I'm well, hoping to get up, get up there in the, in the winter, sucks, maybe. But uh, we aren't either, and we're not that far away, because we're going the week, we're going the week after to see Sunreal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if you could plan a trip to see a, see a music event, I yeah, can make it yes. worth it. And then um, Little Stranger is going to be up in Burlington in April. So we're going to okay. check that out too. But these are acts that are, you're not going to see in big places, and it's hard to hard to find out where they are. But definitely really a lot of fun, both of them. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on them and see when they're, where, where they're traveling or what kind of set list they have going. Yeah. I always like – I kind of like listening to, to novel music. Or like new music. I can't explain it really. It's more that like the first time I hear it, it feels really like we're going on an adventure here. You know, we don't know what's about to happen. It's taking you somewhere and that's exactly the way I, and I find it hard to even listen to stuff that I got last year because that's old. (laughs) Yeah. Like to re-listen to it. It's not that it's bad. It's that there's that kind of experience of exploration with music or especially with whole CDs. And I I don't like classic rock. You know, I lived through that and I, you know, it's like, Oh God, I I, I just, every, I like new, really new stuff. Um, I see. Yeah. And cannabis definitely enhances the appreciation there. I think it it enhances the way you process it. So the way it it changes the way you process a lot of things. I even think it helps your memory. And is that, is the is the enhancement or the enjoyment of things 
really related to the dopamine boosts you get from cannabis or are there other things in the in other, THC or other metabolites that are kind of contributing? Dopamine is a big part of it. There are other things. Um, there's just too, too much research to be done on it yet. You know, um, in, enhancing our natural endocannabinoid, which is an anandamide, uh, the, bliss, the bliss molecule. Right, and andamide, and then what's the other one that um, cannabis is? Two AG. Two AG. It's a longer, a long name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Two AG is just much easier. I feel like my biology studies in undergrad gave me just enough that I'm willing to go like surface level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on the on the science of it all, and then I need to come up for air. But I. <laughs> well, but, uh, but there's guys that are you know going really deep into this stuff. What enzymes are processing what, and they're really, really. Um, there's a lot of lot of lot of people out there that are really really deep into it, um, right into the into the all the secondary metabolites or the yeah. different terpenes yeah. or yeah. even the degradation or the process from CBG to THC to CBN like as it moves through those right uh, life forms or those stages. You know, but again, an edible is a big difference than smoking it. A totally different feeling for me. And I don't know if you noticed that. Um, yeah, there's definitely a different feel of the edibles. Um, I feel like they come on a little more of like full body, a yeah. little more across the board. It's not necessarily like a pop or yeah. like a cerebral like so I, high. I can, if I did an edible, it would be harder for me to run. Ah, uh, so you actually feel a little more of that sedation yeah. or kind of yeah. more chill, more chill, man, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it if I plan on running that day. I wouldn't do an edible during the day. I'd wait till that night that and with indicas and sativas kind of being so combined right now in cult yeah. certain cultivars they've the true sense of the word is kind of lost it's still it doesn't mean anything anymore it can still kind of be used to describe things um but you know its accuracy is it, it, is a little it, off the mark well, is there one way you lean um sativa versus indica there's and then when you're when i'm consulting a patient at the dispensary that's the only words we have to go on yeah, man, isn't that hard to be stuck with a vernacular? I want something to pep me up. So you want something that's more sativa dominant. There's no other words to go by. Yeah, it's so like, do you want a light beer or a dark beer? Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yep, I guess. Dominant or indica dominant. You can probably get what you want, but again, a lot depends on the terpenes and that kind of total package, right? What's every, everything involved there? Yeah. I think there are still like some like effects that people try to lump in with sativa as being more of a um, euphoric, more of a head high versus indica being a sleepier body yeah. high. Yeah, and if people are prone to anxieties, they might not want something that's sativa that's too sativa dominant. Things can get a little racy if they're already kind of fast. <laughs> if you if you take a CBD, that will combat that. Ah, so the CBD can actually work on that one to one right and kind of ratio to battle some of the anxiety. And that's another thing I found that the some of the some of the the more middle or lower THC buds, I feel great because of the the the, the other cannabinoids. It was just a great high, a happy, smiley. It's a really comprehensive feel, right? Not necessarily hitting one note really hard. <laughs> yeah, or maybe a better way to try to describe it is like a chord, like on the piano. You know, you want that whole chord to be yeah. played. Yeah. And if you just play like the fifth note, it doesn't sound very impressive. Yeah. Even if you play it really loudly or multiple times. <laughs> yep.
Yeah. Yeah, I think that I tend to prefer a sleepier kind of smoke. Um, but uh, I definitely appreciate the energy from sativas for hiking or you know, getting tasks done. I work on the computer all the time, and I mean, there are like waxing and waning yeah. times of motivation. So having cannabis to just yeah. kickstart a project or really yes. get something done and then feel good about it afterwards, it's it's been a good help for those kinds of things. Well, not, I can't wait to get out in the woods. We uh, we hang on the mountains. Yeah, it's almost time, huh? It's still, you know, we were we're near the Adirondack Mountains. If you're familiar with that. Okay. Yeah. No, I've definitely seen some of that area, but I've not ventured outside of New York City the one time I was over there. Ah, that's it. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of a you know it's six million acres. It's it's we're up there. We we spent our childhoods up there, but um, we have a special place. There's we, there's not even cell service or internet where we go. It's, a it's just pristine nature, place. untouched. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. There's still old growth forests there. It's really really something about it. Yeah. Will the winter have retreated by middle of April? I think I'm. I'll be at Albany for Lucky Leaf, April fourteenth and fifteenth. Oh, so, we'll, so I will meet you there. Nice. Yeah, I'll, it'll be great, man. I will see you. My wife and I are going Saturday, um, and I'm meeting. There's two people that are. You know Jeffrey Hoffman. I do not. He, he's a cannabis lawyer. He's he's big. He's big around New York. And um, okay, cool. Ooh, a lawyer is a good perspective on the cannabis side for the show too. On Friday, he's going to be one of the speakers on Friday at the Lucky Leaf Expo. Unfortunately, oh sweet, have to be at the pharmacy on Friday, but we I not Saturday. So okay, great. Yeah, I don't know which day I'm speaking yet, but I'll be talking about um, cannabis software and how it contributes to connoisseurship. Because many folks in the industry are buying cannabis software for their business, for their compliance purposes, but they aren't actually making better cannabis yet. Yes. Uh, so it's diving into some of that connection and talking about ERPs, some fun manufacturing software. Yeah, well, the dispensary I work at is in Albany. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. We're, we're only, we're, we're here. We're only, um, what, 20 minutes maybe from Albany? It's kind of the Albany metro area yeah, where... Exactly, um, exactly where we are. Um, I went to Albany College Pharmacy. All right. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> That's the old stomping grounds for you then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that, that, that's really great. That, that's going to be great. That's going to be great. Yeah, I think it'll be cool to see a little bit of the East Coast industry. I haven't gotten on that side of the country yet. Um, most of the conferences last year was all kind of on the West or the Southwest with a random one up in Michigan. I don't even know if we'll have much many rec places for you to visit here in April. Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's so, <laughs> so we're about 45 minutes from the mass border and or the Vermont border, which boom. Kind of smack in the middle. People have yeah. been to Mass from New York for years and years and years. Um, I've been there many times. Every time you go into the parking lot, there's nothing but New York license plates. Every <laughs> single car is from New York. Yeah. So they're the people are, they're, they they got to get moving here. Right, right. Man, and it's going to be wild. Are there still uh, some issues with the gray market in New York? I know there were like some trucks and some like almost street vendors just well, selling. I am... You, so, I'm part of a local group. It's called 518 Cannabis. We have private events, which have um, dozens of vendors. And we had the, it was called the 518 Cannabis Cup, and I was one of the judges. It was one of the most fun experience I've ever had in my life. That is great, I man. Yeah. Bags of weed, blindly labeled, either indoor or outdoor, and I got to try them all, took notes voted on them and it was a wonderful 
wonderful experience and a great learning experience too. Right, you can you know identifying and trying to see if you got this one right or that one right. It was really really a great experience. But so yeah. I think for heavy consumers, sometimes you don't think about the differences there until yeah. you really try to judge yeah. a, a whole lineup. And you're like, wow, this what is the difference oh, between these? <laughs> what a great learning experience that was. But the gray, the gray market here, my God, how, how can you stop it? I don't know how you can stop it. Still rolling. It's still rolling. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I, I don't know if it's... We still don't have a, a, a rec dispensary. We're, we're, it makes it very difficult if there's not a rec alternative, if the home grow laws are literally events, tentative. Yeah, literally events every night somewhere in one, you know, there's one, this place is Friday, this place is, every, you know, every night somewhere. You can go to an event with vendors. Ah, uh, so this, the community is evolving and it's there, but the oh, laws are lagging. La- yes. Yeah. So, but, and, and that's thriving with no, with no rec comp, but the prices are also half of what they are at the dispensaries because of the yeah tax and tax and everything else. One huh? thing I really really like about that is when you go there, you can look at it, you can smell it, you can. Feel it. It's a little more primal. It's yeah, a little more back to the old days, right? When you you saw your bag and sniffed yeah. it. <laughs> you, a, you know, you go to the dispensaries and it's in a jar. You can't. Yeah. You want to. You know, they've got lights on it, and with magnifying less, you can look at it, you can smell it. It's kind of removed an element of cannabis from the whole experience. Yeah. Like we're buying it behind glass and, yeah, yeah. and you can only look at it behind glass, but then take it home, smoke it. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> right. So I, you know, I, I did like, uh, that's what I do like about that. I like the prices. Um, did you like the indoor flower better or the outdoor flower? Actually, I, you know, I, I love outdoor flower, but the indoor just looks and tastes so good. The indoor can be, um, certain cultivars can be finessed and, and like guided through their lifespan where outdoors, you need some hardy gals. You need some, some plants that can make it. (laughs) I I do that. Um, so I grow a few myself. That's awesome too. Yeah. I don't have a grow going at the moment, but I've got a little space planned out for the next tent grow. With everything else. Yeah. (laughs) It's always the best weed I've ever had. Because I no that's because all right back to terpene. Um, there, there we have pine trees and I have daisies and other flowers growing around and I think you actually feel that and taste it in the plant. And right, you get that terroir um, yes. similar to wine, right? You're getting it from your land around you, the air, the the yes. soil, everything. Plants communicate with terpenes. If something, if there's a threat, we'll produce these terpenes and it'll. Send signals to the other plants that, oh my God, yes, I'm, yeah, I'm getting attacked by this bug. So you have to do this, and um, which is yeah, a- it makes a more kind of a waxier outdoor product yeah. than indoor because it's actually more terpene rich, has some of those lipids yeah. and things in it to prevent it from getting like too much sunlight or handling yeah. um, temperature drops, yeah. wind, right. and things like right. that. There yeah. was a study recently. I think it was by it was a metabolite study. I think a, a company called that or a magazine where they compared indoor outdoor cultivars um, and it was only one growing round. So the, the sample pool is kind of small, yeah. but they found that uh, indoor had higher THC than outdoor, but outdoor had higher terpene concentration yeah. and that the THCA 
in outdoor was actually a different, um, like a derivative of Ooh. the THCA that was grown yeah, indoors. Oh. So they said that basically the THCA indoor was um, some kind of variant or derivative that causes more anxiety, actually, and that outdoors have THCA, but that doesn't cause that same kind of intenseness. That. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good to know because it does, that's really, and I think that's an explanation for it, that it feels better, the outdoor feels better. And, you know, I've been saving seeds for like 25 years. There's, you got a little seed library over there. I, even, I wish I knew what they were from. But if I got the <laughs> weed, I would, you know, we, and we, and I came in when everything had seeds in it. You, have to, you had to put them on an album cover and get all the seeds out of it. Hey, picking out the seeds and stems, oh man. That's part of it. I wonder what have all those seeds that we throw out, how come the landfills aren't? Full of weed plants. <laughs> hey, but can, there's a great idea to, figure that to out. change the landfill. I, could never, how could, I can't figure out all the seeds that we threw away. How can they even grow? But, so right. I, so I, a lot of them could be non-viable if they if the plants like hermed out, you know, and just yeah, made yeah, seeds yeah. with stress or something. Yeah. But that is a good theory. I'm, I'm sure that's where a lot of this ditch weed in Kansas and Iowa comes from. Yeah. People tossing their bags. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Like roaches or... or, or uh, or something, but uh, they're still in a 35 millimeter film canister. Seeds that I got. That nice. And I'll throw a couple. They'll, they'll do stuff. So I, I, I've gotten some really good. I wish I knew what it was though. Just like pop in a few random yeah. ones and see. see what yeah. I wish I knew what the weed was, but and curing makes a big difference too. So. Right. What? And uh, on the cannabis front, or at least for your f pharmaceutical angle here, what's next? for you in the cannabis industry in New York as it kind of evolves to rec? Where are you, um, where are you seeing yourself or seeing the role for pharmacies or pharmaceutical knowledge for cannabis consumers and in the industry? Well, I, I uh, have just begun to start a company with my wife called Libra Cannabis Consulting. Um, hey. I have a website. I have a Google business thing there. And um, I have Libra Cannabis Consulting at Gmail. <laughs> Oh, great. So being able to bring some of that knowledge, though, on a one-to-one so -one or consultant basis. All this knowledge to whoever, whoever wants to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sh with being able to share that background and, and make the knowledge available uh, is, is awesome. But I, but I really, but healthcare professionals really need to know this. And, and I think that we're going to start seeing some of this in pharmacies. It's, it's starting in Connecticut. So maybe actually would Libra consult with pharmacies or with healthcare professionals yes. to help that? I see. Help them educate their, their, um, definitely I, a I, good I, cause I, there. I seeing this stuff starting to come into ph to pharmacies that uh, they're all going to need to be educated on it. And, uh, someone that has over 40 years experience with the plant itself. And can provide some insight. Yeah. yeah. I, was able, I went to, College graduate, I, I run that the whole lazy stoner thing um, kind of pisses me off too. It's definitely fun to turn that on its head. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way sometimes. Like, all right, if if all the stoners were lazy, I've really, I've I've been up to a lot of lazy stuff lately. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I work uh, you know full time as a pharmacist, part time as a medical cannabis pharmacist, and I'm trying to start my own business. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's a that's a great angle, man. Well, all, all the luck to Libra. I, mean, I hope things really get rolling as 
as the Northeast picks up. I mean, the East Coast is a little bit behind yeah. the curve on cannabis in general. Yeah. So there, it is wide open for services, consulting, um, potential businesses, and more. Yeah. And I, um, we're coming to the end of the episode here, but I definitely wanted to take a minute because up until this point, we've had some great episodes on Apartment 113. Yes. But we have not had a genuine movie star. <laughs> talking with us on the show. Could you explain a little bit about your role in The Place Beyond the Pines? It was good. <laughs> I, so, the, the, so the director's wife apparently is from Schenectady, which is my hometown, which is where the pharmacy that I owned was in. And one day somebody comes in and asks that, that they can maybe shoot a movie. I thought it, they were local kids. I had no idea. And then he's, like the high school coming in for a project. Yeah, okay, I'll help you kids out. So I'm, so I'm going to send a director. You guys have a director. Okay, and I looked him up and said, oh my God, he hangs out with uh, uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and and uh, so I, I, I got to meet the director and they said, well, okay, this is great. So to make it real, can you stand you know, just in the back and while we shoot this scene in the pharmacy? And then he said, well, can you do this? Can you do that? Next thing you know, I have a stunt coordinator. I have pads on. I, I have to fight with somebody. They got to cut that part out. I have to look. Uh, I, I learn how to have to learn how to land on the floor. I chased. I have to chase somebody. I, but I, you know what? I got to say, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's not every day as a pharmacist you get a yell that out. <laughs> no, I got. I got chasing the kid. That you know. So he had to steal something out of the pharmacy, and I basically had to chase him out of there, and it was really a great experience. But uh, That is very cool, man. It was so random, too, to just have it walk in the door, you know? Was, You're like, all right. <laughs> again, back to a great thing for independent uh, businesses, because they could have never done that with a big business, like a chain pharmacy. Yeah, right. Aforementioned CVS would probably yeah. say right. no. They, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, it was actually, it was a, it was a good movie. It was um, Ray, Ray Liotta. Yeah, I was looking a little bit at it here, yeah, and the, the, I need to watch it, man. I've not seen it yet. But Bradley Cooper, Ryan Gosling, Eva Mendez. It was shot so local that, okay, do you really know that Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendez are, um, they just had a chat or a couple, they have a child and all that. Right. Well, this is this is why. This is where they met. Wow. In <laughs> in the town or in the pharmacy? Right here at this, this movie in this town. They all oh, to, wow. So, they, so it's because of this filming or this lo local... They all had to live here for a good three, four months at least. Um, so you'd see them all over the place. Uh, they're just hey, seeing, bringing hearts together, synecdoche. Yep, and they're the scene where <laughs> it's, an, it's a, a little ice cream shop, which is maybe about, I don't know, about a quarter mile that way <laughs> from my house. And, the, and the, the whole, every place you see in it was shot locally, but... When they're shooting certain scenes, like, oh, I know my kids are behind there with their cell phones right now recording. <laughs> kind of watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's so crazy. What's the next um, What's the next movie appearance for you yeah. in 2023? <laughs> yeah, I should probably maybe get, uh, get in touch with those guys again and see if they have anything for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just, just wanted to reach out, Derek, and see yeah, if, uh, exactly. but if he, you have any more pharmacist okay, extra it roles. Great. It was a great experience. It was um, really, really something. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is a unique man for sure, and uh, a fun one to tell the story of, and just to watch that movie a little bit and and kind of reminisce, right? It's it, capturing the town in a certain point of time, even though they meant to portray a movie, they're still showing like that area around you, you know, from the the two thousand tens or you know whenever it yeah. was filmed. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. That's pretty neat to see. Yeah. I know that 
um, even my hometowns, you know, in, in Kansas, it, it just changes so much that it'd be, well, it'd be pretty cool to see the, someone drive through or like had filmed a movie at the old courthouse before they teared everything down and kind of start re- revamping the towns, it, that it kind of thing. much around here. <laughs> like I said, we still have a whole neighborhood from the mid 1700s. <laughs> yeah, right. That does, that does sound like a, a little step out of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Awesome, man. Yeah, thank you again for joining us today. And where can folks learn more about you and, and Libra? Oh, unfortunately, I don't have a website yet, so um, they can look for me on, on the Google. Uh, awesome. Profile. The Google, LinkedIn, yeah. Libra incoming, huh? Well, LinkedIn, definitely. I'm always having fun on LinkedIn. It's a great, great thing for anybody in cannabis. Awesome. Yeah, and thanks again for your perspectives on the on the pharmaceutical side. I think it's it's great to have someone with your your background, both on the science and the cannabis, really bringing it together. Thanks for having me. It was a it was a lot of fun. Great. Hey, thanks, Frank. All right. Thank you for listening to the Apartment 113 podcast. I'll be speaking at Lucky Leaf Expo in Kansas City on March 25th about cannabis software and connoisseurship. Please join me if you can. For more information about the show and our range of services, visit apt113.com. We offer cannabis operations consulting, agile product management for software development, and certified Gangier services. With over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry, Apartment 113 is here to help.